Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. And today's episode is going to be for you if you are wanting to shape up your legs and build your glutes. I feel like building your glutes has been the big craze within these last couple of years. And a lot of women have the goal of shaping their butt and having a smaller waist. It's funny because years ago, I'd say more so beginning of 2000s and the 90s, like the goal was to be as small as possible and like have no butt at all. And I've been in the team where I had no butt at all. Like my nickname in high school was pancake butt. Um, I had a lot of like negative nicknames fun time. Um, but I now am really proud of the legs that I built and the glutes that I built. And this is by no means a genetic thing. I think a lot of women are comparing their bodies to women who might be genetically gifted, which we're not necessarily going to be talking about those women. I mean, if you are just born with a nice big butt and a tiny waist, you won the genetic lottery, but not everybody has that. So we're going to be talking about how to build your glutes, the best ways, the best approaches to take, and also some things that you should avoid if this is your goal. So building your glutes, the big thing that you're going to need to focus on is taking your body through a building phase. So this is going to be not dieting, not pursuing fat loss, because here's the thing. Your glutes are the biggest muscle in your body, and they require a lot of excess calories to build. So if your body is in a chronic state of low calories, it's not feeling like it's being fed, it's not going to allow for muscle growth to happen on the physique. If anything, if you're chronically low calorie and then um, paired with over-exercising with cardio, you can actually become catabolic, which is going to lead to the breakdown of muscle tissue, which can make your glutes look worse. It can almost make them look kind of... Um, not firm, a little bit flat, and even losing muscle mass in the legs. Like it's just not going to look toned. It's not going to look like a shapely lower body. So if that's the look you're going for, I mean, you can stick with the lower calories and do all the cardio, but that's not the approach you should be taking when you want to build your glutes. Um, and I, I, I'll admit, like this was a big hurdle for me. I have a background of running. Um, I was a gymnast and then I did a lot of running and running is actually the most catabolic exercise that you can do for your lower body, AKA losing muscle. So I'd run like five to eight miles a day and yeah, my legs were small, but they didn't have a lot of muscle and shape and definition to them. And I didn't have a butt either. And I had to let go of my running, which was a hard transition. I had to transition from running to walking. Um, and then and I also had to work on decreasing the amount that I was doing because even walking like seven miles a day and under eating isn't going to be ideal for building your lower half. And the other thing I need to do was focus on lifting. So 
Number one, consume enough calories and don't just consume them for like a month or two and just be like, where's my big booty? Like that's not going to happen. You need to be consuming enough calories for a prolonged period of time. I'd say at least 12 weeks. Um, And the longer you build, the better glutes you're going to have. If you are in a reverse diet or like a nice maintenance to where you're consuming enough calories or like slightly higher than maintenance for, you know, a year or two years, when you decide to cut down, you are going to have some nice legs, some nice glutes that you worked very hard for, and it takes time. So muscle is one of the longest things to happen in your body. Like You're going to spend a long time building muscle, and losing the fat tissue actually isn't going to take as much time. Okay, I digress. I'm going off on a tangent. The other thing that you need to focus on, and this was another struggle that I had, was focus on compound lifts. So doing, you know, body weight leg lifts, body weight glute bridges, um, body weight lunges and squats, you know, that's going to be great for your very beginner person who's never ever exercised before, but eventually you're going to need to move on to the compound lifts and compound lifts with weight. We're talking barbells, dumbbells, cables, and then machines. So for those compound lifts, my go-tos would be the squat, the back squat, um, the sumo deadlift, the hip thrust, and the stiff-legged deadlift And then if we're talking um, more isolation, uh, a split lunge, a regular lunge, and then a single glute bridge. So almost taking those exact moves and then just making it on a single leg. Those moves are going to be great for transforming the glutes. And unfortunately, I see a lot of women who will just go on the adductor and abductor machine and that's all they really do, and maybe the glute kickback machine, and that's all they do. If that's you, go on, DM me on Instagram, and we'll talk. We'll talk about creating some exercises that can help you build up your glutes. You're not alone. Guys, you can always DM me at Nicole Fairy Fitness, but if you feel like you have no idea what to do in the gym, I recommend that you get a workout program. And not a workout program from Pinterest, not a workout program that your favorite influencer might be doing where they're jumping around and kicking in the air like a ninja. Follow a workout program that's going to be in alignment to what your goals are. Again, you want a big booty? Odds are you're going to be focusing on a lot of programs that have compound lifts. Another great person that you can follow for lifting tips if your goal is to build your glutes is going to be Brett Contreras. He has a lot of great informative videos on how to perform a decline leg press properly, a hip hip thrust properly, different variations of it. Um, He does a great job at explaining it and he uses a variety of different like clients and demonstrations. So I would recommend checking him out on Instagram. And he also has a couple products that are um, helpful with building your glutes when we're talking about glute accessories like bands. Um, Side note, not sponsored, just genuinely like what Brett has to come out with. Now let's go on to bands. So do you need bands to build your glutes? My answer is technically no. However, bands can be great for accessory work. So compound lifts are going to be our squats, deadlifts, um, 
hip thrusts and our accessory work is going to look more like our um, hamstring curl or our glute kickback or our clamshells. Um, more so exercises that aren't utilizing multiple muscle groups and are super taxing on the body and your CNS, which is your central nervous system. So that would be, um, you know, exercises that you're doing in a machine, like the abductor machine. That's like the only time where I'd say, yeah, you, just, you can use the abductor machine is after you complete your compound work. Um, but for bands, you don't want your lower body workout to just be bands. Do I think they're great for warmups? Yes, I think that they're great for some mobility work. You can work on some hinge movements. You can work on lateral kicks, uh, body weight, glute kickbacks, and then just pushing blood into the muscle. I think that bands are great for that. And bands are also great in addition to your compound lift. So if you're doing a squat and you struggle with your knees caving inward, you could really benefit from putting a band right above your knee. So that uh, instance would be suffering from knee valgus, which a lot of women struggle with just because of how our hips are structured. So if you're squatting and your knees are caving in, if you put a band right above the kneecap, you're going to be focusing on pressing outward with your knees, which can help connect you more to your glutes. Um, I also found that doing a hip thrust with a band right above your knees can be really beneficial with your connection to your glutes and also turning the toes slightly outward. Um, the other area where I've used a band where I, I don't recommend this for everyone is with a decline leg press and you would wanna place that again right above the knees. Um, the other bands that I like to use are some long loop bands. So you can tie a long loop band to a secure like pole or wall and get into the loop band and place it around your hips and work on kind of like a body weight good morning. Although like, you know, the, the band would be on your hips, not like up on your shoulders. And that can be a great way to kind of pump some blood into the glutes and get connected to them. So moving on to the next thing, connection. You have to be connected to your lower body in order to build your glutes. I think a lot of people are just going through the motions at the gym. And this is with like multiple exercises with, you know, shoulder press or push-ups or pull-ups. And they're just literally going through the motions. They're not thinking about the muscles that they're using. And I want you to go into your workout these lower body workouts and really focus on the muscles that you're using. If you don't know, Google the exercise and see the muscles that are supposed to be targeted. What's targeted in a stiff legged deadlift, hamstrings and glutes? What's targeted in a goblet squat? And you'll see all of these different muscles, muscles listed and highlighted. And I want you to make those connections to those muscles and also learn what their jobs are. That can be really helpful once you learn how that muscle group is supposed to work. For example, your hamstrings are going to help you with hinging. That's why when you bend down to pick something up, if you're super sore in your hamstrings, you're going to feel it there. Your glutes are also going to help you with that hinge movement too. And glutes are going to help you move laterally. So that's why a lot of you probably feel it in your um, monster walks or lateral walks. You really feel it in your glutes. Your quads are what's going to help you extend your leg. That's why you feel them in leg extensions and also in front squats. Um, and a lot of women feel them in 
lunges as well. So get connected to your muscles at your training and also learn what the muscles jobs are. Um, this is just, you could do this literally with every muscle in your body would be incredibly beneficial as for connection. Again, if you're not connected with a certain movement, you might need to make some adjustments. For example, um, a hip thrust, you might need to adjust your feet, adjust them closer to you, adjust your toes a little bit, um, adjust with your, your back squat. You might need to do a low bar squat or a high bar squat, um, or like even like a zercher squat or a goblet squat, just like a different variation of the movement and even different variations of equipment. So maybe you don't feel connected to your glutes in a barbell stiff like a deadlift, but you do with dumbbells or you do with cables. So just really take notes of yourself going through each movement and asking yourself, where do I feel this? Do I feel connected? Do I feel a good pump? The other thing is going to be taking rest. If you're training your glutes every single day or four, five times a week, you're not going to transform them. These are a very large muscle group and you don't need to be training them to exhaustion. And although females can handle a lot of volume, which means we can handle a lot of exercises in comparison to men, that's actually a training advantage that we have, you still need to have rest. And on these rest days, that doesn't mean go for a run. That doesn't mean beat yourself up on the Stairmaster. It doesn't mean, you know, do all the crazy things. You still should be like walking, foam rolling, stretching, running errands. That's what a rest day is. And I think a lot of women get scared with rest days in general, but just a friendly reminder that muscle is not put on in the gym. That's actually when it's broken down. Muscle is put on once you rest, because once you rest paired with enough protein and overall calories, we are having repair happen, which means rebuilding. And that's where your muscle becomes bigger and better. And again, if your goal is to have sculpted toned legs, you want the muscle to be bigger. What's going to change the definition that you see is going to be your body fat percentage. So that would be um, like with a rest day, I don't really think that women should be training their glutes more than three times a week. Honestly, if you're training them two times a week, that's plenty. And then some of like my favorite types of cardio for the glutes would be incline walking. Again, you're not going to build your glutes with cardio. So like running isn't going to build your lower body. Um, I think a lot of women like have this misconception of like running made my legs look great, but in reality, they just dropped a body fat percentage. So that they saw more definition. Um, but the best cardio that's not going to be catabolic would be incline walking, flat walking, and the spin bike. So that would be my go-to there. Um, we're not necessarily going to dive into like hit cardio, but again, for all my runners out there, you're going to have to learn how to let go of your running, transition away from it, prioritize what goal is more important to you. Is your goal to build your lower body or is your goal to be you know, a distance runner, a marathon runner, getting ready for a race. 
I'm not here to tell you that your goal is wrong. You just have to decide on what's more important to you. And if your goal is to build your lower half, you're going to have to sacrifice one or the other. And unfortunately with like bodybuilding, which all of you guys, I know that not everybody here has ambitions to step on stage, but if you're looking to transform your body and your physique, I do feel like you're a bodybuilder to some degree, even if you're just bodybuilding for yourself. But for a bodybuilder and an endurance-based athlete, you're going to just be good at one. You can't really be good at both. You can't win the Boston Marathon and be the best bodybuilder out there. It's just not going to happen because you're sending mixed signals to the body. And you're going to look like the signal that you send most to your body, which is going to be, you know, for example, weight training and strength. That's what you look like, which is going to have more muscle and endurance is going to be leaner look, um, less muscle because muscle gets in the way of achieving endurance based goals. And they, yeah, they usually just don't have as much like bubbly look to their um, muscle shape. But I'm not here to say either one is wrong. I'm just trying to inform you guys and be honest and real with you guys. Um, Okay, so building your glutes. I want to go over a couple of my favorite like training tips. So number one, do you need a weight training belt? Yes and no. I would say yes for your heavier lifts. So for my females who are more advanced, if you are deadlifting and you feel like you need more support in your back and your core, a belt is going to help you utilize your core more and possibly lift more weight. So you can do soft belt, Velcro, or buckle. Buckle is going to be more secure and um, more money in comparison to Velcro. But what that does is it allows for your core to press against the belt, which creates an internal belt with your abs. And that can help you feel safer in your deadlift and in your squat. My other training tip is going to be wearing flat shoes. So you can do the Converse. You can also do, um, there's like the no bull. That might be just for men. I don't know. Someone quote me. Um, And then there's also, I think CrossFit makes like flat shoes. But there's just like a variety of different brands that are very flat. Um, Shoes that you would want to stay away from are going to be running shoes or anything that is like super high in the heel. I see a lot of girls train in like those Fila super bulky sneakers. And don't get me wrong, they're cute. They're cute for style, but they're not they're not cute for leg day. It's not going to be helpful. Um, you want to be close to the ground so you can be connected to the muscles that you're training. And if you're in, you know, a, a high heeled running shoe, it's almost like wearing heels when you're lifting. And that can really take away from the hamstrings and the glutes. And the last thing would be leggings because on leg day, you know, If you're not wearing the right leggings, they can be pretty see-through. So you want to make sure that you squat test your leggings. My favorite leggings are going to be from Lululemon. I love my Lululemon Aligns. I understand that they're an investment, but they are some of my favorite leggings that I've ever worn. And they're very high-waisted, which I like. I'm 5'6". My torso is really long. And usually high-waisted things are not high-waisted enough. For me, which is literally the most frustrating thing in the world. So I love my Lululemons. Um, I've also just tried some rider wear shorts and those are really nice. Some biker shorts that are nice and high-waisted and they were not see-through at all. 
Um, I would recommend not going with like super light wash leggings because usually those can be see-through. So things like white and bright pink and light blue, those are usually more see-through in comparison to like a black legging. But make sure you check your leggings before you go for lower body day. But if your leggings are see-through and you have a jacket, you can always tie your jacket around your waist. And the last thing is going to be a post-workout meal. So if you're training lower body, I would recommend that you go into that workout fed because if you are training really intensely, it can lead to some dizziness. So to avoid that, have a pre-workout meal, something that is carbohydrate heavy, pretty low in fat, and also you know moderate protein. A good go-to for me at the moment would be, I honestly just do a banana before I work out, and then I have a post-workout meal within an hour after the workout. And since I have that banana, I don't like feel this need to get food in right away. If you have a fasted workout, you need to get calories in it as soon as possible. Um, but if you have some food in you, then I would recommend, you know, get a meal in within 30 to two hours after. And my post-workout is my pancake bowls that I make with Kodiak cakes, some Bomar Nutrition Whey Protein, and I will usually do like a powdered peanut butter. Sometimes I do another banana or piece of fruit or I'll do like a Bomar butter, but I choose a flavor that's a little bit lower in fat and um, higher in carbohydrates. And their cookie butter flavor is only eight grams of fat and the Kodiak cakes and the whey protein is already really low in fat. So I'm getting plenty of protein, plenty of carbohydrates, and I feel really satiated after I eat that. I don't like to personally have a meal that's really high in vegetables just because I kind of feel sick if I have that right after a workout. So I have my meals later on in the day, focus more so on my greens to make sure I'm getting that in. But with a pre-workout, you want to keep it simple. Make sure it's something that you can digest and you have good energy with. And that's going to look different for everyone. My biggest tip is just play around with different things. Play around with like rice cakes and oatmeal. And I would say Greek yogurt's usually like a red flag thing to cause some stomach upset. So maybe don't try that out, but just play around with different things and see how you feel. Take notes on your biofeedback and that's what you should stick with. But I hope that this episode was helpful for you guys. I also wanted to drop a friendly reminder of my Get Fit in Six Summer Challenge. It is starting August 14th, but if you are listening to this today and it is before then, you still have time to enroll. So this challenge is going to be for the person who is needing more support when it comes to macro tracking, learning how to train at home or in the gym, because I understand everything going on with coronavirus. Not everybody has access to the gym and you're needing an at-home program. So I got you. The Get Fit in Six is here. You'll also have access into my private Facebook community where you can ask unlimited questions and get support during the next six weeks. And you have a private check-in with me at week three where I will review everything that you've tracked in those previous three weeks alongside with your progress, with your measurements, progress pictures, and weight and see the direction that we're heading and if I need to make any adjustments to make sure that you are on the right track for the remainder of the challenge. If any of you guys have questions, you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram at Nicole Fairy Fitness. And until the next one, I will see you guys later.
Okay, guys, so if you are enjoying Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would really love if you could share my podcast up on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Beyond the Bikini Radio has been up for almost a year, and you guys know that I share a variety of content. Not only do I talk about mental health, physical health, competing, but other areas too with women's health, interviewing guests, interviewing bikini competitors. If you're wanting me to continue doing Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would just love to see some love back and you sharing the podcast. It makes me so happy seeing you guys enjoy it and it gives me a better idea of what type of content you guys are enjoying and what episodes you want me to cover in the future or what topics resonated with you. So again, thank you for being a Beyond the Bikini radio listener and keep on listening.